Zens. Oh, oh, I think I was late. Sorry. I think I think you were early, actually. So was we early? can we can. Hello. This episode is brought to you by Zine for Bowtie Ox and uh, On for me, and I'll explain why. Well, perhaps. Uh, and all my ons fell on the ground. Wonderful start. <laughs> Wonderful start to the podcast. Before we get into the nicotine consumption, Bowtie Ox, uh, welcome to Alex's Asylum, episode four. Honored to have you on. For those who don't know Bowtie Ox, Wait. Wait. he eats oh, ass. How do you do the hands? It's, it's reversed. Okay, this hand. Okay, there we go. He eats ass. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down to scoop up my nicotine products. Bowtie <laughs> Ox, please introduce yourself to the audience. Tell them uh, who you are, why you're legit. Um, what you know more than other people, and we'll all agree. Whatever he says is true. I'm going to go down. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> Hello. I'm Bowtie Ox. I am a dude. You identify as a dude? Uh, my pronouns are, are dude bro. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. I write fitness content and other stuff meant to make dudes' lives better because dudes' lives kind of suck. Um, in general, because we have it harder than women because we're dudes and we have to like exhibit more effort in life because we're not necessarily naturally graced with, with the tools. And uh, yeah, um, credentials. I've gotten like fucking 10,000 people in shape. So uh, you're and you're, is this public? You're the number one health writer. Number one, um, yeah. number yeah. one health and fitness writer on Substack, and it's not because I know any secrets. It's because I know what works. I know the fundamental physiology, biology, whatever you want to call it, exercise science, whatever of what works. Because I've been doing, I've been my first ever like real job was like a personal trainer. Then I joined the army, and I go special operations, and what do I do? Everyone else is worrying about their gun and shit. Probably should have been worrying on that. Didn't matter. I still did well. But uh, I spent all my time with our coaches that were coaches from Division One and even pro coaches in exercise science and all that. So I learned from them. Then I hired a bunch of elite uh, pro bodybuilding coaches to coach me because am I going to pay you know $150 to get coaching from some dude or am I going to pay $500 to go coach from... Jordan Peters or Dante Trudell or whoever. So it's kind of, I, I have no credentials. I had a, I had a ACE American council on exercise certificate in like 2014. Um, but I have no credentials other than the fact that this is my obsession in life yeah. is, is how, how do we get in shape better? Yeah, that's, that's great. Right. Well, thank you for that, that introduction. Um, and, and Bowtie Docs is definitely um, understating his own capacity. Um, he's part of the Bowtie community on Twitter, if you guys are, are catching this on YouTube. So the reason that you can't see his face is because he's fully anonymous. Actually been able to make a living for himself uh, without letting people know his location, name, uh, what his face looks like. And uh, because his content is really good and people trust what he writes on Substack um, and on Twitter as well. Um, in addition to eating ass, Mr. Bowtie Ox, so um, like it's such a disadvantage. What's I am so handsome? I get compared to Marlon Brando like daily, or um, Henry Cavill, Superman. Yeah, daily. Wow. They're know. like, "Are you him?" I'm like, 
you're flattering, but no. Um, let me let me touch on the bowtie jungle real quick. So yeah. I can reference this video just because like that's how the internet works. I can reference back. Sure. So bowtie jungle, I get asked five times a day what this is. It's it's so there's bowtie bull, formerly known as Wall Street Playboys. They wrote this blog, life-changing. I followed their advice to, like to a T. I did join the military, which is probably not smart, but like entrepreneurial and everything. And um I won't call myself rich, but like I do run a couple million dollar plus businesses. So doing okay from their advice. And so what they did was earlier in April of 2021, they were like, Hey, we want to build this community, blah, blah. And what people started doing was like, they had these bow tied members and they were people they knew. And then, and they did like this hiring process for like this decentralized finance team. Well, then everyone started making these, and they encouraged people to make these bowtie names, bowtie animals. We're in the bowtie jungle. So like, and then immediately, so I make my account and I'm like, I'm looking for like dope animals. I'm like bowtie tiger, bowtie lion, bowtie bear. Like I, I, I'm honestly like, I wanted to be super cool. But um, then like they were all taken. I was like, you know what? Strong as an ox, bowtie ox. It was available. So I made Bowtie Ox. And then like what, what, what it was, was organically people posted like their, their area expertise, their niche and all that. So I started, it was a joke when I started, like, I just like, I love Bowtie Bull. Like they helped me so much in my life. So I'm like, whatever. And so I started posting fitness advice and then people like, oh, you know what you're talking about? I was like, oh, I, I guess I do. Cause like, I guess Dunning-Kruger, I don't really think I know that much, but I guess I do. And so I did that and then the community grew. And so what the community is, you don't have to ask to join, just make a bow tie, try it out, do whatever. And it's just about people anonymously posting whatever you're about. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a fitness bro, finance bro, what, what, like, what area do you know a lot about? Don't come, like come if you want to, I don't care. But like, if you really, really know something and you know, you know, some niche join and like, it's just cool. It's just like a community and a platform and it, and it allows like an aggregation of, um, of growth because the, the brand name Bowtie is now synonymous with like people knowing what they're doing. And that's why I encourage all like join, anyone can join, but like the brand means a lot to me, to me, Bowtie means like, if you see Bowtie in front of someone's name and whatever subject they're talking about, they know what they're talking about. So that's kind of like the gist of it is like the goal is to end up being subject matter experts of whatever we're talking about. So I can link to this now. I'm off my soapbox. I can link to this now and explain, you know, in detail what Bowtie Jungle is. Well, and that's interesting that you said the Dunning-Kruger um, effect, because in, in life, the people who should realize that they're stupid don't. And the people who should realize they're smart also don't. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go back to um, 2020, when I launched my first digital product, um, I created my, my Twitter account in February 20, uh, sorry, uh, 2019. In February 2019, I created my Twitter account and I'm um, posting all these pictures, you know, 3,000, 4,000 calorie diets, like delicious gourmet food that I make in my office, make at home, make anywhere. And um, posting pictures of, uh, you know, abs. I don't know if we can get a little, little. You want me to? Bad lighting. Yeah, we should just, we should just only. Only do abs. I can't. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm 15 weeks out from a competition. Give me, okay. give me, 
We'll do another one. Hey, let's do another one. Uh, let me check. Let me check my calendar real quick. We're gonna do another one this day. This day. Oops, my camera came off. What's going on? Am I totally yeah. fucked? Looks like your camera was unplugged. Please plug it back in or select. How do I start my cam? Start my cam. Command. Right, oh, oh, damn. And now it's got the wrong one. So I'm just going to turn this off. We're going to go here. We're going to something. Something got fucked up on the on the camera. So we're going to lower the resolution quality, unfortunately. And uh, and we're going to keep rolling from here. So what, um, what days of the week work best for you? Tuesdays or Thursday? Tuesdays or Thursdays. So yes. either the um, 21st or the 22nd of February, shirtless yeah. podcast, me and you. Let's do it. I, Let's I'll, be, I'll be like a month after my competition. It'll be fucking stupid. Be great. Okay. Let me see if I can turn this light back on. Boom. Lights back on. Okay. Thank you guys for hanging with this. I'm not going to have dinner cut it out. So you guys, you guys know that we keep it real. Um, so when I launched my first um, book, all these people were asking me, hey, how do you eat all this food without counting calories and stay ripped? And I'm like, one weekend, two weekends, I just like wrote a 20 page essay. This is exactly how I approach intuitive eating. This is how I monitor my biohack, bio signals. This is how I make sure that my bio signals are accurate. This is uh, the macronutrient profiles of how I eat so that I know that I'm eating the right amount of the right stuff. Um, and this is how I got to 4% hydrostatic body fat without counting calories, going hungry or doing any of the cutting that is so popular in the bodybuilding community and was so popular with, uh, with online writing. Sure. And I thought, and I thought to myself like, okay, so I'm going to put this book out. Like, I don't, you know, it cost a few hundred dollars to produce it. I don't know how many people are going to buy it for a few hundred dollars. If I get a few hundred dollars from it and like people get value from it, great. That's awesome. I hope nobody hates it. And like the first day I sold like a thousand dollars of it and I'm like, oh, interesting like people will pay for this type of stuff and and then the feedback that i got like within within the first week was like this is like amazing i read this three times it's so concise it's so awesome and i was nervous like you know putting myself out there for the first time and i approached the launch the exact same way that i approach a um a product launch or i would approach a product launch um if i were working at google and which is basically like get every get all the timelines uh, you know, lined up. So everybody who's going to be an affiliate for it, like knows exactly what the fuck is going on. Um, and I talked to my affiliates and they're like, Oh my God, this is so like well-constructed. And I'm like, I don't know how you launch a product without telling people this is happening on this day. I just literally did what was intuitive to me. Turns out that that was better than 97% of what people do, which is probably why most people fail in their endeavors when I was just trying to be responsible and convey information and turns out that puts you in the top few percent. You can help a lot of people doing it. Well, we've been close friends. Like, like I consider you like someone that like, I like we're about in the er nah, early 2023. I'm about to stay with you and shit like that. Right. Like so, yeah. so close friend and, and something that I know about you for hundred percent fact is that you care. That's mm -hmm. like, the thing is like, it's not like a uh, credentialistic method or anything like that. It's like, you actually just care. You're like, like out of your way. I remember whenever I was running your diet, which does work. We, we have totally different approaches with diet. Like I'm a totally calorie guy. He's a calorie denier. doesn't matter. So many ways to skin the cat, but I ran his diet. His diet fucking works. I'll tell you that. 
And, um, but like, I remember just like, and I was unheard of. I'm little bow tied ox, just start my Twitter account, all that. And you're like sitting there like, Hey bro, like you, you saw the notification that I bought it, whatever. And you're like, Hey bro, like, let me know if you need any help with the diet or whatever. And like you, the, the big, and you checked in, like yeah. the big emphasis was that you cared that it worked and you were, you were able, and that's like, it's man, like. And it's interesting because, because as you get, you know, more embedded in this online game, you notice that uh, a lot of e-commerce people, it's like crab in buckets, right? Where people see somebody else promoting a product or somebody else who they perceive to be doing well. And the jealous one, two, three percent, it's not most people, right? But the jealous one, two, three percent look at you and they think that guy's a scammer. That guy's a, that guy's a scammer. And they don't realize it's like, it's like I make the same amount of money that I made when I was working in tech. And I don't really work less. I just work on the stuff that I like to do. It's like, it's like, give me some fucking credit. If I wanted to be a scammer, I'd be committing securities fraud. You'd see me in a Bahamian jail and I'd ha I'd be on a Forbes list. If I was like really dedicated to being a scammer, like I, I hope you think highly enough of me that if I committed to scamming people, I wouldn't be selling $49 digital products online. Like, let's be real. You understated that a little bit because like, and this is personal experience. I worked significantly less um, when I was like a W-2, when I was working, like even in the military, like towards the end, of, more, more towards the end of it, like it was, and you know my background, it was more like, how the fuck do I get out of work? Like I worked significant, and that's government jobs, so I could get away with working a lot less. Man, I work... This is so cliche and you can all shoot me if you want to. I don't stop working every yeah. moment of my life. And I struggle to sleep sometimes because I'm like, oh, like, hey, this idea, this idea, this idea, whatever. It's because like, I don't, it doesn't feel like work. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like, dude, I would, I'm, I'm literally, I'm living a life that I dreamed about when I, I knew this was possible, what I'm doing. I didn't think I'd be an anonymous cartoon ox. I knew this life was possible, but like, this is what I always wanted to do. And like every second of every day, I might work 12, I'm not gonna tell you, oh, I'm working hundred hours a week. Cause like, bro, I'm a bodybuilder. I am a gym bro. I literally am obsessed to the highest degree with everything. This is so much fun. This is so much fun. So I'm working so much more and sometimes it sucks, don't get me wrong. But like, it's, it's, you, you like, you, you really can't compare like, and I hate the word passion because a lot of people follow their passions and fail, but if you're good at it, go for it. Um, but like the amount of work, if you're passionate, it will borderline obsession. And I know with you, it is obsession. We're both obsessed with this and it's great. Well, it's like functional autism. I don't know if you've ever been diagnosed. I've had like therapists ask me if I've been diagnosed with autism. Um, I don't, I've never been formally diagnosed with it, but like I took a test um, a couple of years ago as if I were 17, because I know how it answered the questions when I was 17 years old and answering them the way that I would have answered them at 17 put me in like any borderline autism, like, you know, functional borderline autism. And that's the kind, it's like, I tell people, that you can spend a bunch of time and resources trying to find your unique selling point, 
or you can just dig into what makes you weird. And if you dig into what makes you weird, that is your unique selling point. And so if, the, if you have any tendencies like this, where you can just obsess over something for three or four hours, lean into it, because chances are very few people can compete, compete with you in that domain. I think mine is um, actually more ADHD. Like oh, I, I've been diagnosed with that for sure. I am like the poster, <laughs> Who hasn't? I am the poster child of ADHD and it, it probably is functional autism, but um, I've had a few subjects in my life where it is like, I'm fixated. You will not get me to stop. Like the other night I was listening to a podcast, a fitness podcast. And um, so I told you earlier, this is great. Uh, Bowtie Bowl, like we, we talk about this all the time at the house that that I got that that's pretty much paid off, which is one of the smartest things I have ever done at this point because like I bought it at very, very good market price, very low interest rate. Um, so I've been living while some renovations would happen in, a, in an apartment with, with a buddy. And um, what's, what's crazy is my wife passes me in the hallway with our two dogs and everything. I get in the apartment, whatever, and I call her. I'm like, hey, um, I'm on the phone with XYZ for um, our insurance because that's a fucking pain in the ass if you're in shape. And um, she's like, yeah, I know. You passed me in the hallway. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Are you serious? And that's Today? how I, and <laughs> really? that's, how, that's how fitness is for me, dude. Like, dude, I will literally, I get pissed off. And it, it's kind of crazy. Most people, most W2s, call it what it is. They sit there at their cubicle, wherever. And I've, been, I've done this before. They wish their hours away. Oh, it's two o'clock. I can't wait till it's four. Oh, it's four o'clock. An hour till I get to go home. They don't realize they're wishing away their number one resource in life. Time. Time. Me, I sit there and I start doing what I do. Start at 9 a.m. and it's noon. And I'm depressed almost. Not literally. I'm so happy. But like, I'm like, how is it 12? How, like, how is three hours gone by? What the fuck? Right, like, right, okay. right. It's, it's, it, you get into five, seven, eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, why, why, why? I need more time. I literally, like I work for myself. I have every minute budgeted in my day of like, okay, I need to do this and then do that and then do this and then do that. And, but the reality is that's probably how we developed uh, six figure online incomes while we had full-time jobs. Cause when I had a full-time job, every minute of my free time and also minutes when I was working um, were dedicated to building what was essentially a survival raft, right? Because I didn't want to trust that an employer was going to continue paying me. I wanted to be able to make money on my own. And so by the time I ended up doing what I'm doing full time, you know, my first month uh, doing, doing what I'm doing full time, I made like $13,000 or something, which that's crazy for someone's first full time month in business to make $13,000. But that was the, that was the benefit of like not looking at the clock and saying like, okay, well, I, I got work to do and this is what I want to do. And this is something that's important to me. And so I'm just going to spend my free time doing it. And by the way, I failed in multiple other endeavors before this trying to trying to escape because it was just so important to me to be able to make money outside of like the corporate racket. You're talking to King failed business here. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. I have literally by definition been an entrepreneur since I was about seven or eight years old. Um, seven or eight, we, um, 
I think I even said this in a former podcast with you. We like uh, me and my brother went into the woods and we'd find golf balls. We like, look, I'm not, a I would do that too at the golf course. That was like a few, a few houses down from my, my house. It's like, look, I'm not a privileged fuck. My dad was mortgage broker prior to 2008. After 2008, my life sucked. My mom went on fucking government, uh, government benefits. So it's not like I had this peachy life, but the first seven years, they were pretty fucking peachy. Mm-hmm. And um, we'd go in the woods and find where golfers just shanked a shot and we'd find the golf balls. We had our own little ball cleaner and then we'd go on the hole. It was like 12 was the hole we'd find. 17 was the hole we would sell at. And we'd sit there with egg cartons and we'd have golf balls and we'd mm-hmm. sell them. Mm-hmm. And we'd get the Pro V1s, Titleist Pro V1s. Anyone that knows golf knows that's the ball. Dollar a piece. Nike golf ball, 75 cents. Callaway, whatever, 50 cents. Everything else, 25 cents. Zero overhead. Zero cogs. 100% profit margin business. We would do do $1,000 in a weekend during golf. Damn, how old were you? I was like seven. Wow, $1,000 for a seven-year-old is like a million dollars. Yeah, and then then my dad, like he's fueled all of – my dad was not a traditional dad. And that's why, like – I can't give all the credit to everything I've done in life. To just like, I picked up my bootstraps and my fucking overalls and I did it myself. No, we are like uh, 12, 13. I always, I was amazing at baseball, probably better than, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, not as Maybe, as, maybe your dad was a better baseball player than my dad. Bro, bro, I can't go into detail. Well, I can. He played um, two years pro, hurt his knee, but they did not pay what they did nowadays back then. I, I went, I played for two years pro and I made $1,100 a month when I was playing because that's how much you make in the minor leagues. That's probably how much he made. My dad, back yeah, my dad was MLB. Oh, he, he was? Yeah, MLB. Oh, okay. Yeah, but like he, like it wasn't enough that it was like. Yeah, back back then they made like 60K. 90 salary cap yeah. and all that wasn't like it is now. Like right. I said that, I deleted the tweet because I'm like, everyone's going to assume I'm this rich, privileged fuck. I'm literally not. Um, league well, men back when the league men was not very high, it was not very high. Um, so like I played baseball and I was on travel teams. And, um, so he sourced from China HB gate or something like that. HG gate, HB gate, something. It was the fighting necklaces that nice. everyone wore and the power balances. Yeah. So he got them at cost, uh, at wholesale cost and they were so cheap. And we go to tournaments and uh oh. oh my little brother he's not an entrepreneur which pisses me off i always talk shit to him i'm like bro i make fucking five times you make and you graduated fucking valedictorian like stopping a little pussy but <laughs> but um he's an engineer too which is sad but well engineers are risk averse because they need they need they need to be able to see exactly what's going to happen and you can't know that as a, he's as a genius genius level iq and everything but like risk adverse but we used to, and he used to do most of the sales. We'd go to baseball tournaments, set up shop on like a little bench and sell these fight necklaces and power balances. We made a lot more than the golf balls on yeah. a tournament weekend. And so, yeah, my dad always like, uh, I started having like huge problems with the education system when I was like. Let's be real. The education system had problems with you. Oh, dude, I was a fucking shithead. Um, around 13, probably, teenager. Especially oh, you were a decent student before then. Oh, dude, I was in the um, the smart kid programs. The oh, okay. Programs. I went to a different school. Yeah. And I then was, what happened? What 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 turned you? What red pilled you? 
I don't know, man. I was the only kid in my it state. Was it was puberty. It was testosterone. I was the only kid in the state to score a perfect score on math, on our standardized testing. Like, I was like golden. And then you, you barely graduated high school? Did you graduate from high I school? Didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't. No. I had a 0.67 GPA going into my senior year. And I wasn't even a senior. I was a junior. because like, How do you even have a point? I thought they'd kick you out of school. I got a GED, I even, bro. I got a GED. How do you even pass grades with a 0.67 GPA? I didn't. That's why I was a fucking junior. A All right, so let's let's talk about this. You were the only person in your state to get a perfect score on the math test. And by the time you were 18, you had a 0.67 GPA and you got a GED. And you know what it is? I got so poisoned, so poisoned in my brain because I started researching entrepreneur my my role model and i think he's kind of lame now and i think he's a globalist and all that but like richard branson dude mm -hmm. had dyslexia and everything. he didn't even grad he's a dropout high school dropout mm -hmm. and like i just saw through the system dude i was like yeah people it? like you people like you are maybe a notch smarter than me i didn't see through it until i got done with it and that's why i graduated with honors from vanderbilt it started in middle school. It was my eighth grade year. And I, I came home crying, crying to my parents. I was like, I can't do this. They're testing me on because I remember you had to show your work. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to show my work in math. Right, I because you could do it in your head. I always I did it in my head. head. I could do it. I could do advanced algebra, everything in my head. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't need to show my work. And I was like, they want me to write vocabulary words three times in different colors. And they want me to take notes in history. I used to, history is where I excelled. I used to fall asleep in class, but I loved reading the textbook. Mm -hmm. Test day would come, first one done, set the learning, set the grade curve, 100%, mm -hmm. usually every time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I, I came home crying. I was like, I can't do this. Mom, dad, I'm sorry. I, I like, my mom's very traditional. Yeah. You didn't get it. And I love my, she did, she did, don't let me preface this. I have the best mom on earth. She did, she spent like $20,000 out of pocket when she was through like benefits and stuff, you know, like poor $20,000 out of pocket for me over like years to do therapy. And it's like, mm. I remember the fucking therapist telling me like, you read Nietzsche. That's dangerous. Stop. And I was like, shut up. Like, I didn't listen to this guy. He's like, you're going to fail in life. Like it was negative. He's trying to like use this like negative reinforcement, but I was like, shut your mouth, bro. Yeah. And, um, like, yeah, I, I went home crying and I'm like, I just, I can't do this system. It's stupid. It's never going to get me where I want to get in life. I want to be rich. And yeah. like, I'm like 13 years old. I'm like, I want to be rich. And I know this is not how you get rich. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't do it this way. Mm -hmm. And they would medicate me. They'd throw me on whatever drugs. Then I would do okay in school. You know, you take enough Adderall, you'll do good in school. And like, I, and then going to high school, I'm like, I'm going to be a Harvard lawyer. But then I stopped taking the pills. I didn't like how they made me like hyper fixated on school and all that. So I quit and my grades like barely pass. Right. But mm -hmm. that day when I was 13, I go home and my dad pulls me, my mom like is suck it up, blah, blah. My dad pulls me aside and he goes, you know, most rich men don't use their education. They don't use it. Mm -hmm. I'll try not to get emotional. I'm getting emotional almost thinking about this conversation. It's like most rich men don't use their education. They start a business. I was like, dad, if I don't graduate school, I won't have a business degree. I can't start a business because that's the brainwashing. Mm, even though you legitimately started businesses before you graduated school. Yeah, yeah. But that's the brainwashing kids. That, I started it after this. 
That's brainwashing. Yeah, well, technically speaking, yeah. Selling golf yeah. balls right. and selling the fight necklaces and everything. I'd already started a business, but I didn't get that. Like it wasn't, right. I'm young, right? Yeah, right? And my dad pulls me aside. He's like, you don't need that. He goes, you're being, he, he, he pulled the Einstein quote. He goes, your intelligence is being graded on climbing a tree and you're a goldfish. Yeah. You, don't, you don't climb trees. Yeah. And so he like, he really, I would not be here without my dad. Like he really pointed me down this direction of like, you don't need the system. And for better or worse, and for better, I can't say worse, maybe for other people, but for better, like that talk, I literally became a little asshole. I remember my personal finance class, like my freshman or sophomore year, and they limited you to like $8,700 a month on your budget for what you're going to make in as an adult. And I refused to do the Add a zero to that. <laughs> I, I refused to do it. They're like, why? And I was like, well, I got in trouble because I put like 30000 or something a month. And they're like, no, this isn't the project. We said form a budget off of this, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not going to make that much money. I'm going to make a lot more. And they're like, you can't do that. I was like, why? Why? Why can't I do more? Ironically, you know, things ended up the way they ended up, but <laughs> I had, yes. bro, like, you know, rappers, you know, rappers, yeah. like my teacher told me that I was a piece of shit. I seen her the other day driving a piece of shit. Yeah. That's my life. Right. My, I got told I was going to be a failure so many times. Wow. I had one. I had one assistant principal that said he's going to be a millionaire in jail. Like cliche story again. Well, that's that's still possible. It could happen. I'll probably end up in jail. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I follow the laws. I'm I'm super. I pay my taxes. So, so so let's uh, let's dive a little bit more into into fitness. So you you you're a bodybuilder. You know a lot. You're very strong. You can't see it. If if you're not if you don't have a trained eye, you don't realize that he's flexing his pecs right now. And has uh, you know two hundred and something pounds of lean mass hiding underneath the pec flex and the the massive sweatshirt. Um, but for the listening audience, you know, what do you see right now? Like for most people's lives, what are most people? What are the three easiest things that they are misunderstanding about fitness that uh, that they need to get right? And what's happening right now with social media, Twitter, Instagram? That's completely confusing people and taking their focus off of what truly matters and shifting it to things that sell and, and can monetize. Hmm, that's a good one. Number one, I'll always start with this. Your metabolism is in your control. Yeah. Um, I was even being conservative the other day where I said like, you know, 30 to 50% of your metabolism is in your control. And that's because your BMR does for the average size male is going to be 1,500 whatever calories, which is, you know, a lot of calories. The average is 1,500? No, I thought it's closer to 2,000. Nah, BMR? Nah, it's yeah. about 1,500. If you take, here, let me pull up. Let me, can you still see me? Yeah. Okay. I can see your face. I can see your body. Yeah. BMR calculator. I'll just put 185. Okay. Uh, age 25, 510. 85. Uh, yeah, I was a little off, but not too much off. Uh, 1,830 calories, 25 year yeah. old male, 5'10", 185. Mm -hmm. um, and then, damn, I'm looking at these uh, calorie needs based on activity levels. If you exercise four to five times a week, it says 2,600 calories. 185, right. it's going to be a lot higher than that, from what I know. Mm -hmm. But 
but the main the main takeaway is that your 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 metabolism's in your control. You can walk more during the day. You can stand up more than you sit. You can be more active. You can and exercise. Actually, you do cardio. There's 300 calories plus the uh, post exercise oxygen consumption. Um, so you're burning more calories there than the gym. You're building muscle. The gym burns not as much calories as many think. Like with resistance training and weightlifting, but like you're burning, you know, a couple hundred calories plus the metabolic demands of building muscle and all that. Plus, if you just get your diet right, what does Coach Alex say? Protein dominant diet. Protein has a, um, probably so, I think it has a five times more thermic rate than any other macronutrient than carbs and fat. Fat actually has one of the lowest. So to dumb this down for to dumb this down for everybody, what this means, he, he didn't say that protein is more satiating, which it is. Protein is protein not only fills you up better than carbs or fat. So to, to really dumb it down, everything you eat is either protein, carbohydrates, or fat or ethanol. There's four things, right? If you throw alcohol out there, it's protein, carbohydrates, or fat. Of those three things, protein will fill you up fastest right? If you eat an all-carb diet, diet, you're probably going to still be hungry. If you eat an all-protein diet, there's a very good chance you won't be that hungry, and you're also going to eat fat if you eat an all-protein diet. Um, so protein will fill you up the fastest, but also because of its thermogenic properties, if you happen to overconsume it, you will be at the lowest risk of adding fat, which is why protein-dominant real food is the best way for most people to go when they want to lose fat. I just fact checked myself. Fat provides nine calories per gram of fat you intake and its total thermic effect, meaning how much energy is used to digest fat is zero to 3%. Carbohydrates provide four calories per gram. And when you digest, you only burn five to 10% of those calories. Protein provides four calories per gram, and you burn off 20 to 30% of those calories when you digest the protein. Mm -hmm. You are burning substantially more calories when you eat protein than any other macronutrient. You, that, so when we talk about metabolic control, you control how much protein versus other macronutrients you eat. Well, let, now let's talk about metabolic control because my view of, of metabolism is a little different than yours. I don't consider walking to be something that um, enhances your metabolism because I look at walking like uh, like cash flow, right? Where it does burn calories. I don't dispute that, but it doesn't make you burn more calories at rest. And my approach and, and the approach that I commercialize and follow myself is how do I get my, my resting metabolic rate as high as possible? Just like you want to, as a, as an entrepreneur, you want to get your, um, your passive income to be as high as possible. Or a wealthy person wants to get their passive income to be as high as possible. A fit person wants to get their resting metabolic rate as fast as possible. And so I don't worry so much about burning calories from doing 20 to 30 minutes of cardio. My main concern when I'm in the gym is how do I increase my force output? How do I lift heavier weights? How do I condition with greater intensity? And it doesn't need to be long. It just needs to be intense. And if I force myself through progressive overload to be able to condition and train at a higher and higher rate week over week, number one, that requires a lot of fuel to sustain. Number two, after I do it, it requires even more fuel to recover from. 
And so with my protein dominant diet, I found that that puts me in the best position to perform in the gym and then puts me also in the best position to recover from what I did in the gym. So much margin for error, which is why, you know, at 36 years old, I haven't been above six, 7% caliber body fat in seven years without tracking anything. The only thing, and you're right, that you do want to increase that passive calorie burn, which lean muscle mass and your the demands for post-oxygen consumption, which increases your calories after you lift and, and do any other um, type of exercise is going to be higher. But you walking is so fucking easy. It's so goddamn easy, man. Like if I go for, I know for a fact as an entrepreneur, this is where I like to do things that I call the, uh, a twofold effect, right? Where I can do one thing, but I'm getting multiple benefits. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be it can be multiple benefits. So I can go for a walk, right? So that walk is going to increase your net, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your knee. Um, some people consider walking as neat. I think that's a cop-out, honestly, because it's walking. It's not exercise. You are walking. Humans are made to fucking walk. So like, I don't even care if you designate 30 minutes to walk a day, bro, you are walking. Like that is not hard. That is not cardio. Your heart rate will, if you're in decent shape, your heart rate should not get above like 20 to 30 beats above baseline, which I would hope your heart rate is around 60, your resting heart rate. So 90, so you're still sub 100 heart rate. Walking is not cardio. To get the benefits of mitochondrial health and everything you need for walking, you need a higher heart rate. That's just, science can back me up on that. So I find that walking, like, 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 let me go for a walk in the morning, right? So I'm going to clear my head, be in a better mood. I'm going to see some cool stuff if you live somewhere cool. And I'm going to burn a couple hundred extra calories. Well, okay, cool. Now, during the day, I can make decisions. I can walk downstairs or take the elevator. That's, that's a cop out. Everyone uses that. But, you know, uh, I've been working for, you know, three hours. Go for a walk. Easy way to recharge the brain. There's walk, there's more steps, more caloric expenditure. Then, you know, whatever. Then at night, after you work, you need to decompress. You want to get good sleep, whatever. You're thinking about your problems at work. Go for a walk. Go for a walk with a fucking significant other or a spouse if you have one. You're not going to talk about work. Hopefully, hopefully, you're not Alex Ramazzi who wants to never have kids and work on crazy time increments, no disrespect, just don't agree with that point. And you and your wife, you talk about life, talk about your plans, talk about your kids. That's what we do all the time. Talk about how we want to raise our kids, the environment when I'm growing and all that. And you know what? I'll walk for 20, 30 minutes. I don't even realize I walked because I was engaged and I, I, I got to be with someone I love and engaged. Sure. And you know what? I burned a lot of calories there too. Not a lot, but at the end of the day, when we talk about a pound of fat is 500 calories a day over the course of weeks, 3,500 pound of fat is 3,500 calories of energy stored. So if you can burn an extra 500 calories a day, that's an, that's 500 calories. So, okay. So, but let's, let's talk about that because my, my view of cardio for the reason why I was fatter doing slow cardio in my estimation is that unless you're on a calorie counting plan, if you do low intensity cardio, 
your hunger levels will rise in the exact proportion that the that the calories you burned draw like increase your your energy needs. Is that not true? Oh no, no, no. So like that's why I actually like suggest doing cardio when bulking, because you'll be able. Let's say you burn two hundred calories during cardio, you'll be five hundred calories hungrier. So you're 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 your net benefit there, right? Like three hundred plus calories. So that's okay. So, so if you're burning 200 calories during cardio, but you're 500 calories uh, hungrier, why does it make sense for somebody to walk if they're not also on a calorically restricted diet? So that's, that's my premise is that you need like in my approach, because I I view it so easy, just you you track the calorie, you're going to be a little hungrier. Sure. But like be be an adult. Like you're a little hungrier before you go to bed. Okay. I will not do that, Ox. I refuse to go hungry. This is not, this is not what I do. Many people won't, but you can, if you, especially not just walking. Plus how many calories are in ass? I mean, you eat ass. How many calories are in that? Uh, have to, I'll have to talk to the experts. (laughs) But it's, it's one of those approaches and very different from your approach where you might be a little hungrier. I like hunger. I like feeling hungry. I know that hungry means it's working. If I'm hungry, I go to bed hungry. I lost- Pain is weakness leaving the body. I, if I go to bed hungry, I lost fat that day. I can be pretty damn sure if I was hungry. Um, so like, and outside of I, walking, I don't know that that makes me much hungrier. If anything, I know in competition prep, that when I'm hungry and I can't, because you got to think like when you're starting to get sub really for most people, like 10% body fat for me, it really starts to hit like around sub 7%, man, I am daydreaming about food and stupid food too. Like nothing I would normally eat. So, so how, how are we calculating this? Because is it a DEXA or is it a hydrostatic? Cause I'm way lower. Like this is me um hydrostatic this is probably six percent six six and a half for me i carry more fat around my midsection dexa this is closer to 12 so you know what are we talking about here i don't i don't i don't i don't track i don't really track body fat i just know when i've got veins I, i use really visual references but i know when i have veins shooting up from like abs to like mid yeah. like mid upper abs and i can see veins coming in my chest and like my quads are literally look like a roadmap of veins. And, and then compared to references, I'm like, okay, I'm here and there. Because for me, like, and this is something I try to instill on in a lot of people because I got a lot of people that don't look good. They don't look good. And they're like, I'm 16% body fat layer. Or even, even because I always preach that 15% body fat in that range, you're going to be healthy metabolic. Yeah. Metabolically, you're going to be healthy, which is, which is just fucking true. Sure. Um, I got a lot of people that send me like these, these scans and they'll be like 15 and blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, I'm be honest, the way you carry fat, like you lose more fat. But like, so like for me, it's always like, there are some dudes that look really good in their midsection. Cause that's where dudes care about. We, we love sex, yeah. right. And their midsection. And they're like, yeah, I'm 15% body fat. But they're like, you've seen how some dudes carry fat. They carry it all in their midsection. I'm like, cool, man, you're meeting that metric, but like, do you look good? Do you look good at a beach? Would you, would you look good? So I don't, 
I really, I use every now and I don't need more because I don't have free access because I'm not in the military. I used to use like the end body scans where you hold yeah. the fucking thing and all that. And I would use that to kind of track, but um, for bodybuilding, especially it's not like as much like, where am I? It's like, where am I versus my competition? Sure. Am I, am I bringing out the most definition, vascularity, everything in definition versus who, whoever I'm competing with. So I don't really track it, but you know, something I see a lot is how like, Man, I'm what man, I'm a sellout. I just realized I'm a sellout because I, I really do say, like, you know, you know, 10 to 12% body fat, you're gonna look the best and feel the best. I'm gonna be honest, man. For a lot of guys, you're gonna feel way better at like 8%. Feel well, better well, yeah, at 8%? Some like some like 18, yeah. Some some are gonna feel better heavier. That's just the way they store fat. But yeah. like, like to me, honestly, like you're not really lean. Until you're single digit. Like, sure. And it's depending how you carry fat. So I don't want to come across as some generalized asshole, but like some dudes can be 15% body fat, but their body fat's like stored weird places, but they're, they're just shredded. But like, and, and really the main takeaway is like, it doesn't really matter what body fat percentage you are, but like where aesthetically for you as an individual, do you look best? And where can you maintain that and not like, I'll tell you what, when I start getting, I'll never try to maintain sub seven because I know sub seven for me, I start having dreams about like, um, what's the oh, fuck? I haven't been out to eat in a long time. You uh, know, I, I would have dreams listen, about eating ice cream. Who does What's that? Dairy queen, dairy queen, sub 7%. I start dreaming about dairy queen blizzards dreaming about them and when, when i was in when i was in college and i had a, i was on a low-fat diet at the time because i thought that that was smart um i would dream about ice cream and i never actually wanted to eat ice cream during the day but because i didn't eat it during the day i would dream about it at night and i don't have dreams about that anymore because i eat ice cream if i want to eat it and you eat higher fat now right like, much higher fat, fat now, you know like that's the number well if we want to get on like mistakes people can make as a man trying to eat lower fat diets, I hope you do not want to have a sex drive. <laughs> if you want to eat a low fat diet, I hope you, I hope you don't like sex. I hope you don't like your joints feeling good. I hope you don't like being happy because you will not be happy on a low fat diet. Like no. you like, no. I could give a blanket recommendation here and I'm okay with that. So, so 50 to 60 grams of fat a day is the least a man should be eating. 50 to 60 grams. Go lower than that. No, I'm 150. Yeah, man. I like 100. I usually stick around 100. Um, but man, like you start getting below 50. Yeah, you're going to need Cialis, man. You're not You're not getting it up. Wait, so so let's backtrack to, to resting heart rate and, uh, and the show sponsors that we talked about earlier. I don't know if we can even post this on YouTube, but glamorizing tobacco use or something but um so i uh for last year for probably about 18 months i was probably consuming about 30 milligrams of nicotine a day which would be essentially like half of one of these maybe two two thirds one of these a day um because i didn't think that there was anything wrong with it well, it increases, it increases your metabolism it's a stimulant if i'm sleeping it's probably okay 
But I noticed my resting heart rate was like way higher than it should have been. And when I decrease my nicotine consumption, it drops to where it should be. So like if I'm below 10 milligrams a day, my resting heart rate's in like, like mid 60s, 63, 65, which is probably a little bit higher than you would expect for my cardiac uh, health, but it's like fine. Whereas when I'm consuming 30 milligrams a day of this stuff, my resting heart rate's like 80. So I'm, that's why I, I still do it, but I do less. I'm one of those like genetic anomalies. So my family has Von Willen brands, which is ironically going to keep me alive like way longer than I would be. Um, our blood doesn't clot. Okay. My D-dimer is like scary low. Okay. Like for when it comes to like cardiovascular disease. Does that mean you're like a hemophiliac? Like if you, if you bleed, you don't stop bleeding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like if I ever get shot or stabbed, which I mean, I was in a profession where that was much more likely and it didn't happen. So I would die. Not maybe, but you know, higher chance of dying. You have, you have to be, get to the hospital three times faster than the next guy. Yeah. But um, in general, because like there, there's something they can do uh, to help alleviate it. And I was like, wait, so you're saying I have a better chance of dying if I get stabbed or shot, but I have a lower risk of developing blood clots, which kills like quite a percentage more of people. I was yeah. like, I will take my bet that I don't get stabbed or shot versus blood clotting. Like I, I will take that bet. Um, like, like having a fucking stroke or whatever. So, right. um, but my resting heart rate is like ridiculously low. It's like 48. Um, mm -hmm. When I do, cause I wear a whoop. Um, when I do consume more nicotine and yeah, I would say about the range you're talking about, like 30. So that would be Zen 6%. So that would be five, what, five sixes. six of them. So half a 10, which is, yeah, reasonable. Yeah. If I'm over that, there is, yeah, there's a noticeable benefit. There are noticeable increase in resting benefit. <laughs> Higher yeah. is better. Yeah. Um, but when so I'm when lower, you, I do about what, 12. I do about so 12. Zins I notice that. no difference. 12 a day. I like. So what's your heart rate when you're taking 30 milligrams or more? Um, it's tough to say, um, gets into fifties, um, oh, like, so it's like upper fifties, upper, like at least 20%. 20%. Yeah. So it's like 20% higher, which is kind of what, what I would be more. I'm normally 65. And then if I take it, it's 78, 82, you know, maybe 20, 30% higher, 20% higher. And you know, it's funny stimulants, uh, in general, and use your imagination on stimulants because you can use your imagination. I'm a 25 year old dude. Um, crack, not crack, but I don't ever give above like like 68. If I'm above 68, the last time I was above 68 was last year, um, November time frame, and I was about 130 resting, and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And then the next day, I tested positive with COVID. Oh, well, I was working with a, a entrepreneur earlier in the year who was like, he sent me his whoop scores and he's like, yeah, so um, my resting heart rate's like 120, 130. Um, what's, and I'm like, what? And it was Vivance. That's what, that's what did it. And probably stress too, but, but mostly Vivance. I've taken quite a bit. Quite yeah. a bit quite a bit of Ivance and we're talking if I don't hydrate and 
I'm just an asshole on it. And I drink caffeine on it. 70s, 75. That's scary. You got to know. Well, that's you're, you're hitting action at one point. You have to know your genotype. You have to know what you're susceptible to. You have to know how do stimulants hit me? How do, you know, different factors hit me? And it's genetic, of course. Like you are in exceptional health and your, your resting heart rate's a little higher than mine, but like probably genetic. Like you're, you're, you're in good health. Like, yeah. like, like, come on. But like some people, when you're getting in tachycardia, is that the way to say it? I've only ever read it. What is cardio? it tachycardia? It's you uh, you're above 100 beats per minute. Oh, I don't even know. E A C H Y cardia. Okay. Um, but if you're if you're over 100 beats per minute, um, like you got some issues, bro. Right. You got some the hundred like some people. I, I can take a stimulant and I can be 75. If you're taking a stimulant, you're 120, bro. You're gonna die way sooner. Right. Stop. Know your genotype. Know what you can handle. Like, I bet that dude's blood pressure. Oh, I don't even want to know his blood pressure. Yeah. Two, 200 over 120. I don't yeah. know. So, okay. Um, bringing it back to, to online fitness, we're, we're both of we're us. At one. We're at one. We were three things. So we were at uh, yeah. metabolism. That's in your control. Yeah. Online fitness takeaways. Number two is that... I got a cop out. I got to have a cop out here because it's true. You don't need to do as much as you're doing in the gym. If you haven't listened to like people like me and you or like Dean, Dean, um, Dean training, like his advice that you really don't need that many sets in the gym. Right. Like you just really, I posted the other day on, I didn't want to make it a post, but ended up a post Um, because you know, nuance, they beg for the nuance on Twitter. Um, I did a post on like how you, this for beginners, if you've been lifting for one to three years, um, one working set, full body style program. So, you know, three times frequency a week, one working set to mechanical failure. You'll grow it, like log it progressively overload, do that. If you're a beginner, one set per week per body part or one, one per, set per workout and three workouts for three sets to mechanical failure, track your lifts and add more weight, you'll grow. And it was like stunning to some people like, no, that won't work. And I'm like, just try it. How many sets do you do a week? Man, dude, depends. It depends. Well, 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 so generally, okay. We'll talk about bodybuilding since I'm going, I'm an off season off season is different because I have more, caloric sure surplus so i'm like i have better recovery capabilities so i i might do a little more or actually i might do a little less but i'm doing like rest pause drop sets cluster sets whatever but going into a show man i really really and i'm advanced i am very advanced i really don't feel comfortable and i won't recover from more than 12 sets and that is that's probably six sets in exercise. And that's my focus point that week. That'd 12, be like, 12, it's not 12 sets a week. It's 12 sets a workout. Yeah. 12 sets a week. Sorry. Sorry. 12 sets a week. You're doing 12 sets per week. Yeah. And that would be um, two workouts 
three exercises, two sets. All right, but let's flip this to, to, to bulking because when you're cutting, you're really like maintaining what you have and trying not to lose muscle mass. But for somebody who's trying to make progress on their physique, like yes. how many sets per week are you doing in the off season? Uh, no more than 12 again, but there's like, so if I'm in a surplus, I'm going to recover from sure. what I throw at me. So honestly on paper, it might look like eight, but I'm doing a couple drop sets. I'm doing a cluster set. Well, so a drop set should count as two sets. Well, they should, but yeah. So 24, is that? No, 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 no. Not all of them are drop set. No, maybe okay. Um, honestly, it's still coming around 12 sets per week. Like uh, how many workouts is that? Um, so I usually follow a uh, push pull legs plan. Okay. So on average, you can't look at it weekly per like nine days. It's um, sure. two workouts. Um, and yeah, we're talking two you sets. Do two workouts every nine days. Um, yeah, depending on the week. Yeah. So it's push, pull off. Well, push, pull off. Oh, sorry, my hands. Push, pull off, legs off, push, pull. So you're so working on 60% of the days. Yeah. Okay. And so in a nine day block, so you're actually on a 10 day block. Ten, yeah, I was going to say it's probably 10 day. Yeah. So you're working out six times in 10 days. Each workout has how many sets in it? So, oh, you know, you're saying sets. Sorry, sorry. I got to back all of this up. I am so sorry. I'm talking per muscle group. Or per right, muscle. right, right, right. I'm talking your body. I'm not talking oh, your, I'm so like, sorry. like, this is why I'm like, there's no fucking way. Ox is You've been 12. listening to this. I am so sorry. When I say 12 sets per week, I'm talking per chest, per <laughs> shoulders, per triceps. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Makes more sense. Oh, I am so sorry. Oh, man. My bad. So nine sets. Well, sorry. I'm, I suck at math. I don't. Six sets per like chest. Chest, shoulders, back. Do you count legs as one or two? Hamstrings oh, or quads or both? Um, it's tough because I don't really count back toward. Oh, man. Um, so like back. Let me give an example. So like back, if I do however many sets, I'm doing width focus. So it's, you know, lats, yeah. you know, the terrace and all that. And then I'm doing thickness, which is like mid back traps, rhomboids, all that. Um, I found that you can get away with a little bit less volume because even if I'm working like a, you can't really see my hands, but if I'm working a lat movement right there, mm -hmm. Other parts of my back are still getting recruited. Sure. Where, and that's why I don't do as many tricep sets. I don't feel the need to do triceps because I'm doing a chest press. Well, sure. And if I'm doing a shoulder press, so like maybe I do one or two movements of triceps, a couple sets, because it's like, well, I just destroyed my triceps with my presses. Um, now you really got me thinking. So, so, so let me let me let me just throw some numbers out there. You let me know if this is accurate. So about maybe uh, four sets triceps isolation per per ten day block. Four yeah. sets bicep isolation for ten day block. Twelve sets back for per ten day block. Twelve sets chest per ten day block. Twelve sets legs per ten day block. Yeah, and then like you know eight for for like shoulders. 
eight for shoulders. Okay, so let's do that math. Four for biceps, four for triceps is eight. Another eight for shoulders is 16. 12 for chest is 28. 12 for back is 40. And then 12 for legs is 52. So is that about right? 52. And that's for, is that for five days or is that for 10 days? Um, so chest, let me go into that. So chest is six sets per session. So 12, 12 chest movements a week. Um, but really that's about 10 because one of my push days is a chest focus. One of them is a shoulder focus. So difference between that is a chest focus push day is, um, three movements, two sets, mm -hmm. six sets. And then a um, shoulder movement or a shoulder focus is going to be 12 sets shoulders and then only um, eight sets. Well, yeah, 12 sets shoulders. It's going to be only eight sets. No, it's not. Fuck, dude, I'm stupid. Four sets for chest. Sorry. Chest is getting, their chest and shoulders are getting 10 sets per week. Sure. Triceps is getting four to eight. Sure. Say six. Okay. So 20 sets. Um, back. In total, not just separating back. Back is getting three, five times three plus five times two. Twelve. We'll just call it twelve. Thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah, and then um, legs are getting legs probably get the most volume because mm -hmm. I'm going to do isolations on both. I'm going to do leg curls, leg extensions. I'm going to do two sets of a leg compound and one set of a leg accessory. So something like Bulgarian split squats. So. Mm -hmm. They're getting, you know, in total, you're getting four sets uh, or eight sets, like essentially like curls. And we'll call another eight, 16, 16, 16 ish. Okay. So 38 plus 16, we're doing 54 sets for 10 days, which is 5.4 sets per day. If you did a seven day block, that would average out to 37 sets per week. Yep. Um, yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm doing a little bit more, um, you know, I'm probably doing 57 or so, but like, look, it's like this, I get that doing, I do about 19 sets of workout three times a week. I have the biggest fucking legs. You will fucking my late. I'm trying to, yeah. I mean, dude, look at the sweep. Like, <laughs> like dude, I have like, look at the fucking hamstring. It's fucking touching my, my calf. Like, my hamstrings are a bicep. Like, mm, that, just probably does, not. Like, biceps are smaller than hamstrings. <laughs> well, obviously, anatomically, but I'm saying, like, you know what I mean? In proportion to how big your leg is. Like, dude, my yeah. biceps, like, you can't really tell here, but it, like, I have a big fucking hand and I can take up, it's not even half my arm. My thumb's not even reaching around down there. Like, like, I'll, I'll just sit like this for the rest of the fucking. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit like this. <laughs> okay, okay. Let no. Let's break it. Okay, so we like we like what you're doing. You know, lower sets, high high intensity because you gotta be intense to progressively overload. We like very similar to what I preach. Very similar to what Dean preaches. We like new new guy, new follow follow Dean. We'll tag him on this and 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 we'll give him some love. We'll try to get him a few hundred more followers. He deserves thousands and he'll get those eventually he's he's, he's at two thousand or like three thousand dude needs like ten thousand he'll get that he'll he'll he will because he knows he enough he's talented. yeah and he and he cares and he works hard at it um what are the what do you think does detriment to fitness that, that we see online what what is like this is not helping people this is making people worse this is confusing people <laughs> there's my evil villain <laughs> laugh 
Um, the fact that so many people actually don't care about helping and they're just like, how do I get, it's narcissism. It's mm -hmm. rampant in fitness. How do I get more followers? How do I, what's going to get my engagement on my little tweet? Like whatever, like that dude, if you don't have the experience and the anecdotes, you know, cause that's how you know if someone knows what they're talking about, they have anecdotes from clients so they can provide nuance on like, yeah, Hey, this, but I've seen this and this, and this is my experience, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it checks out right. And in practice, um, when you just see people that just have nothing above a AI, I won't call any services out, but nothing above an AI tweet level. Like you could literally use what's it GPC or whatever GPT. Chat GPT. Yeah. yeah, that like they you could use that and tweet their tweets because they can't tell you they can't tell you where I'm like hey you know oh, I almost showed my face where hey if you're doing lats don't pull down like this hey pull from above like this don't cross your midline do that because you're gonna cross the uh, line of resistance whatever like they won't tell you that because they don't know that I can me and you guys like we can do that in a tweet. Mm -hmm. I can tell you like, hey, supinated and neutral grip, you're going to target more lats. When you're over, you're going to target more mid-back. We can say that in a tweet. Mm -hmm. We can explain volume. We can explain these things. We can explain these nuanced concepts that actually work and they make sense when you write them out on paper and you look at how the physiology of the body works and everything. We can do that. And we do it every day. Mm -hmm. They can tell you to go walk 10,000 steps. I tell you to go walk 10,000 steps fucking five times a week on top of telling you like, Hey, do better execution and tweak your form to, you know, isolate muscles better. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're not for people. They're not for the people at all. Well, and this is kind of my, my gripe with fitness in general. So you and I have done a good job relative to most trainers in that we make decent incomes from fitness. Uh, most trainers are, you know, probably struggling to make six figures if they're making that. Um, and, and, and so, you know, we, we do it, we recognize that there are other industries that pay better than fitness. But when you think about like, if your approach to fitness was wanting to make as much money as possible, you actually don't want a program that works. Because if you have a program that works, most people don't need you. Uh, like they do, they, they could still residually benefit from you. But maybe they don't want to pay. Maybe they're like, dude, I learned so much from you in three to six months that like, it's just, I, I realize I could learn more from you working with you longer, but it's not a priority. I got 10 other things that I want to get better at. And you'd be like, yeah, I mean, I get that not everybody has that, um, that hyper precise focus on wanting to get as jacked and ripped as possible. Go do you. That's totally what you want to do. But, uh, you know, I did a thread on this where if you look at like Weight Watchers, you look at some of these programs that, are, that have mass market buy-in, they wouldn't be profitable for the distributor if they actually worked. They rely on recurring customers because their systems don't work. You know what a good way to look at this is? Which, uh, which people on social media are acting like a trainer in the gym? Trainer in the gym, man, I go to a lot of gyms. I'd show my keys, but they it's too localized. I got, I have four gym memberships in the local area. Every single place I go to, every single local trainer, their programming and the exercise they put people through 
they couldn't be worse. So the other day we're at the gym. So my buddy, he's got a new girlfriend. Um, she has a trainer at the gym. They were doing exercise. The, the trainer had her doing exercises. And I was, I was like fuming. I like, I was getting, she had her doing a standing, not even the easy bar, straight bar overhead, like tricep extensions. Her shoulder looked like it was about to pop out. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Are you like trying to work her shoulder mobility and stability? And while working triceps, like you're, you're about to hurt her. How about have her do a tricep isolation so she can move, learn that movement pattern correctly and then have her do a shoulder, a face, shoulder stability if, you, if that's your goal. Her goal was probably, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I've seen people do this. But I was like, oh man. And she had her doing like an incline bench and she had her bringing the bar down to here. Because mm. she wanted to break her shoulders. Like I'm sitting there fuming and then I'll get, you know, what's really funny, dude. This is the funniest thing that happens to me. I do not give unsolicited advice in the gym, really. Unless I see that you were about to break yourself and I'm like, stop. So, but I get asked to spot all the time and do all that. I'll like give a guy like a cue. I'm like, Hey, you're benching like this, bring it mm -hmm. down. You know, I'm like, put your wrist, put your wrist in line with your elbow. That way yeah. you know, you're actually pushing from a mechanically correct position, blah, blah. And they kind of like, look at me like, yeah, whatever, bro. And I'm like, okay. I'm like one of the best health and fitness writers on the internet. Not only my three times your size, but like, like, I, but I, I do put myself as a disadvantage in the gym. I'm usually wearing like an oversized by two, like flannel. Mm -hmm. So I don't even look like I lift. Like I'm literally there, like baggy sweats, like oversized clothes, whatever. And most people don't have a good eye for athletes under clothing. Like most people wouldn't necessarily know that you were maybe not fat. They think you might be fat. He's big. You know, it's clearly something under there, but they can't tell like muscular definition unless you saw the person shirtless. And it's funny. I'm hoodie jacked. Like I've reached hoodie jacked. Like to, to, to the well-trained eye. I'm wearing a hoodie and I have shoulder caps. Like to the well-trained eye, but to I well-trained eye, but to the, to the non-trained eye, it's not obvious. And yeah, I'll go there and I'll give like some dude, some sage fucking wisdom, dude. Some shit that I'm like, yo, this will take you to the next dude's doing like lap pull down. I'm like, Hey bro, maybe, you know, switch the grip up, do this, whatever. And like, okay. And I'm like, if you listen to me, your lats would grow twice the speed. They would. It's just funny. It's funny that it's like, I'm in the gym. I'm like that dude, that meme where he's in the corner with the drink. Like they don't know I'm an online celebrity, but I'm sitting there like, they don't know. I'm the number one fitness writer on Substack. Like, yeah. and it's like, it's funny, but I do have like, I dude, I have almost 10 clients, not like clients in the sense of like, I'm giving them like the total experience we get, but I have like 10 clients in the gym locally just from being like spotting a dude and being like, Hey dude, like do this. Hey, try this. And it works. And they're like, Hey, what's your phone number? <laughs> and they text me like, like five times a day. I love it. It's I found that those guys never follow up. Like I'll be in the gym and people are like, damn, like, I wish I could, I, you know, I wish I could look like that, but I'm too old. And I'm like, how old are you? And they're like my age. I'm like, okay. Well, you know, I do do this online. Like they follow up and it's just like never materializes because they don't actually want to change what they're doing. Dude, that's a lot of them. I, mine are normally like 18 to like 22 mm -hmm. that I've noticed they follow up. Um, what's funny is they say that I have a dude 61 years old 
has been following one of my programs and dude is like, bro, if I look like him at 61, I'm happy. Like I'm I saw like, that. Oh, I saw that post. I saw yeah, that post. And yeah. like, and that's what people don't get. They're like, I get dudes that are 50 and they're like, Hey, I'm 50. Like I just, you know, I'm old now. Blah, blah. I'm like, stop now. Stop. Yeah. And you know, our third point, I don't really have for like what metabolism now that, you know, you don't need to know. Third point, literally fuck your mental. Like I'll get people like, Oh, I literally got this question on Twitter. I ignored it because I, if I didn't ignore it, I was going to like explode. So I ignored it. And it was like, so I'm 30 now and I'm lifting, but how much can I expect to keep when I'm 50? I was like, dude, get fucking serious with yourself. Are you fucking serious? I was like, start. It doesn't matter. It's good for you. You need to do this. And you have 20 years until then. Like, I'm not that old, but that's like damn near my entire life doubled. Like, you can do so much work. And everyone has these mental... And I wrote a post on this. I was so emotionally... My best poster when I'm emotionally unhinged because I'm just like in the post, I feel it. And like, so many people just stop. Because these mental limitations that they have. It's they like, want no, but they want the limitations. They, that, that, a, that's the thing, is, is it is it takes food, it takes stuff off their plate. Because because the people who do well in school, school forces people or school incentivizes people into a box checking type mindset. And when you have a box checking type mindset, you want to check off all the boxes you can check off and you want to avoid checking off boxes you can't check off. And so if, if you have it in your mind that because of X condition or age or whatever, you can't expect to get results doing Y, oh, great, problem solved. You don't have to do Y. You're also never going to get better. But that's the, the side effect of a schooling system that isn't results oriented. It's box checking oriented. Yeah. And it's like, it's so frustrating with me because like, I couldn't have my account and everything I've done a few years ago, even couldn't have done it. My empathy level for that was like, I can't relate to you. Like, 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 like you, you're, you're box oriented. I can't <coughs> relate to you. Like you're an idiot. Like don't talk to me anymore. But now I, I've, I've come to understand, you know, I'm not going to act like it's, I get told a lot that for like 25 years old that I'm like this, like wise guy. I don't think I am. I, I no, but you, but you are because of your life experience. Like most people don't do things. They don't do anything. They do done. what they're told. So if you do if you do what you're told, you can only learn inside the box that you have voluntarily assigned yourself to stand in. Whereas you were in the military, you started your own businesses. You told teachers to fuck off, and and so you have explored the world. Maybe not as much as you'll have explored the world by the time you're 45, but at least probably from the age of 18 to 25, you've explored the world for seven years. Most people explore the world for zero years. So your wisdom is, it's not just seven years more than the average person, it's infinity years more than the average person because the average person's world experience is not that different than a child's. And it's like, it's been like since 13, I rejected the system. And, you know, I'm really happy about that because if I didn't reject the system, you know, those are just so many years of like actual objective based reality yeah. beliefs I got to get because I rejected it. But I just, you know, man, I hate when someone 
I get it. But I hate when they're like, I can't do this because I'm this. I can't do this because I'm this. I, you know, like I got a dude that follows me. His name's like one arm man or something like that. Or um, I, I don't know his names. I, I would have to look it up. Um, he's in a wheelchair. He has no legs. Yeah. He's in better shape than 99% of people I know. Yeah, because it's because his mind isn't in a wheelchair. It's just his body. That's, you know what? And you say that most people's minds are in a wheelchair. Yeah. I'm 30. What's going to happen when I'm 50? Bro, I don't fucking know the world might end. But how about you put your best effort forward now? How about you actually, like, this is, this is, oh, I got a hot point. We live once, once. We get this physical body, right? This is it. This thing dies, I'm dead. I don't care what your beliefs, reincarnation, whatever. I get this body. Why don't you want to see how good it can look? Because it can look really good. And everyone, regardless of what their blue hair, whatever says, we all really appreciate someone. Like I look at you, People look at me, whatever. I'm like, dude, bro, you look like a Greek statue. You look incredible. Like anyone objectively looks at you and says, hey, Alex, you look fantastic. They look at me and they're like, bro, you're big. Like, why not do that? Because they don't understand. And it's funny, the fit, the benefits of fitness. Um, I could get all into how I make more money because I'm fit, because my brain works better, because my neurotransmitters function better, because I'm healthier and I have higher energy levels and my moods don't swing and I don't, whatever. Not it's just not, that. People give you the benefit of the doubt when you're in shape. When I, when I was in the military, everything, I was the worst employee of all time in the military. Yeah. Like when I was getting out, worst of all time, of all time, really the last year, I got promoted. Yeah. I got promoted. Yeah. And people in groups asked my opinion when I didn't know what was going on. Right. All this Because I was the big guy. I'm the jack yes. guy. Yes, yes, literally, yes. Because when you're jack, guess what? That means that like you can at least follow discipline to that you, you're doing your cardio, you're lifting, you're eating right and all that. Well, guess what? It didn't stop there. Oh, so I'm doing all that. So, hey, I'm going to work on my side business from four o'clock in the afternoon until 10 o'clock at night. Guess what? I said I was going to do it just like I did this. So from four o'clock at night to 10 o'clock, I worked on my side business. From, you know, hey, I said I was going to do that. I did it because of the discipline you build. And like, that's, that's the, people don't realize, and I wrote this in my last post, it is literally, it's so cliche. It's not the journey, or sorry, sorry. It's not the result. It's not having the six pack, I mean, Jack, benching three plates, whatever. It is who you become while you're doing, I don't care if you have the worst fucking genetics on earth, your fucking chest is inverted, your abs are like sporadic and all that. It doesn't matter who cares. The person you become from fat, skinny, whatever, to like that person that has appreciable physique, like the mind. Uh, you, you, no one goes from, from zero to hero with physique. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm still like a fucking loser. I'm right. still this person. Like it forces this like confrontation with reality and results. And right, right, and right. Like, and there's a reason why people who are in good shape lean a particular way politically, because yep. you can't get results from somebody else's work. And you know, and the, and the and the iron doesn't lie. We need to do a study 
unlike jacked people and income. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot, no, a lot of them are poor. A lot of them are really a lot poor. of them are poor. But if you accounted for certain attributes and certain, it'd be it'd be hard to design this. Don't get me wrong. You'd have to look at their parental their uh, parents' income. Yeah, but if you really took like, and there'd be a cutoff. Like you get too big because most of the time you get too big. Those dudes have no money. They have a lot right. of issues going on. Right. But like, if you looked at the averages, like, like Jack Jim broke, it's like, I'm a bodybuilder, but like I'm classic physique. I don't look like the dudes you just saw at the Olympia and open. Like yeah. I'm not 300 pounds. 300 pounds. Yeah. I'm, I'm like Chris Bumstead's type side. He don't get me wrong. Don't let me compare myself to Chris, Chris Bumstead. He's the best bodybuilder of all time, in my opinion. But you look at guys that size, men's physique, whatever, that aren't overly big. Typically they got especially like even leaner and like, you know, maybe not even that big, but just like, you know, good muscle mass, abs, all that, especially those guys, I would say there's a direct socioeconomic, uh, sure. I would say they do so much better. Like you're like, honestly, like the ideal physique. Yeah. Any guy I know that looks like you does well. Yeah. They do well. Like they're, they're, they're well off in life. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'm starving, Ox. So um, you know, I was looking, I'm looking at the time. It's been an hour 20. We did not get enough out. We're going to get more. So what's the date? February. Well, we'll just move this invite to, to well, February. We can, do, we can do one before. Um, but we're doing, a shirt, we're doing a shirt. We're doing a shirt. Either. So the 21st or the 22nd is a Tuesday or Wednesday in February. And I will be like, I'll be like a month out a little bit over a month out from competition. So I'll be like sitting here and like, just move a little bit. My pecs will flex. So right. I'll have striations sitting here. So I just, uh, I just moved this. I moved the invite to February 21st, same time. can do it then. We'll do it and then. tell everybody who's, who's, uh, who's following, how do they learn more about Ox? How do they sign up for the Substack? How do they follow you on Twitter? You can just follow me on Twitter at BowtieDox. If you want to, it's BowtieDox.substack.com. Um, I do not actually encourage anyone to pay. Do not pay. Go through your free, through the free post. Get what you can. If you want more, sure. You're just supporting me to be able to do podcasts with Alex at um, 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, be able to do more content. Sure. You're going to support me do that. And I'm going to give my all for you, but if not, like not going to hurt my feelings, read the free stuff, apply it. That's all I ask. Anything I put out, I don't care if you give me on it. I don't care. Apply it and do it. Just do it. I'm so tired of people like asking me a thousand questions. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Right. right. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And on that note, 